When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 138. Happy Victory Monday, Bucks fans. The best kind of Mondays. And who doesn't love a good grilled cheese on a Victory Monday? I mean, I know I do. And it feels just so good. So good. It's indescribable. You know, at the beginning of the season, when this game showed up on the schedule, I knew I was excited. I talked about it on the season preview show. I talked about it leading up to the game. Obviously, we were both kind of nervous, but I was excited for this game. I was excited to see the Bucks somewhat under the lights taking on the Packers. I'm glad they broke out the pewter pants. And we got a little bit of everything in this game. I'm so excited to go over it. I got shades of Warren Sapp kicking the crap out of Brett Favre from Adamicus Sue. That's something we haven't said a lot on this show. Oh, man. But we're not going to get into it all right now. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Happy Victory Monday, my friend. What a Victory Monday it is. So... This morning I woke up and I was kind of, I was trying to think of the last time that the Buccaneers defense like completely dominated a, a good offense, uh, like the offense of a good team. I mean like completely dominated, not just play well against. And probably I think like 2016 versus Seattle, that game that they won like 14 to 5. I think that was probably the one that I could come up with. What a mauling. Um, just, I mean, they beat the, this is, this is a PG show, so I'm going to say they beat the spit out, out of that team. And I think you know what I wanted to say. Um, but yeah, they just clobbered them. And like I said, I, you know, you, you've seen it occasionally with uh, uh, with the Bucks from, like, when they beat up on bad teams. But, like, you don't really see, like, this much domination from them against good teams. So this was a really encour- encouraging sign. Well, and I'll tell you what as well. You know, the improvement that we saw just in sheer discipline from last week to this week. 
You know, zero penalties for the Buccaneers. Uh-huh. The second time in franchise yeah. history. 44 mm-hmm. years the Buccaneers have been a football team, and only twice has that happened. The last time it happened was, what, like 83? It's been yeah. a long-ass time. Yeah, so uh, another stat that I believe uh, I saw on ESPN this morning, and I was like, wow. So the Buccaneers are the first team this century, okay, since 19 – the last time it happened was 1999. The Buccaneers are the first team this century – to have a game with zero penalties, zero turnovers, and zero sacks. You're Just, kidding. It, it, no, I'm not kidding. That is a that is like a real stat. Uh, the last time it happened was 1999. And, uh, yeah, this, I mean, that just speaks to how, how flawlessly they, they honestly played. And I'll tell you what makes the win, you know, that much better was the underwhelming first quarter that we came out to. You know, you and I were texting each other back and forth, and – you said something that I, I I didn't agree with. I thought it was pretty funny, but I'm going to bring it up just to hold it over your head here. Like halfway through the first quarter, Mr. Evan texts me. He's like, you want to go ahead and record now? Because I, I think this one's just about over. Bucks were down 10-0 to at that point. And I'll be honest with you, with the team that Green Bay was and, and still is, don't get me wrong, they're not a team that's going to you know miss the playoffs because of this. Yep. But... With the way that that game had started out, it did not seem very likely that the Bucks were going to bounce back. Obviously, you know, with Tom Brady and then the defense playing the way that they played, because we'll talk about Brady, we'll talk about the stat lines here really quick. But if anybody says anything other than the defense carrying this game, then clearly they didn't watch it. Because without those two turnovers, one of them the Jamel Dean pick six, the Bucks would yeah. not have gotten back into this game and been playing in a much better situation. We, we, I'm trying to imagine a world without that Jamel Dean pick six, and it just is not a fun one if you're a Buccaneers fan. Um, yeah, that game, if the Packers go up 17 nothing, that game is done. Like, the Bucks just had no juice on offense. Like, they come out, and the biggest thing we said was that they had to keep possession of it. What do they do? They go three and out right away um, and take like two minutes off the clock, um, get the ball right back. I mean, the first quarter went by so quick because the Green Bay had the ball for 13 minutes of it. So, um, yeah, that was just a, a huge, huge play. And honestly, I personally think that right now that's the biggest play of the season. Yeah. Uh, that is the most impactful play of the season. That is the biggest play of the season. Well, is there an opportunity for there to be another big, biggest play of the season that's bigger than that one? Absolutely. But I think without that pick six at that time, they lose that football game. And you're right. That completely changed the whole game. Rodgers, had, Rodgers didn't throw an interception all year. And then all of a sudden they pick him off twice in his – uh, you know, in four pass attempts, I think. So just <laughs> insane um, to me, just how the game flipped on the, on that Dean interception. And that could end up being a thing that just propels this team to, you know, to really find more success. And that could turn around a season. I'm not saying that the Buccaneers season needed to be turned around, but that that's the type of play that can do it. Absolutely. And in a game like that, it just means that much more. Yep. But you talk about flipping a game, man. After that Jamel Dean pick six, you know, it wasn't just domination. The Bucks kept it out of reach. It was 38 unanswered points. 38 unanswered points. The Packers yeah. came out with a 10-point lead. Everybody saw it who watched the game. 38 unanswered points. After that second interception, 
Mike, I believe it was Mike Edwards, right? It was the deflection. Mike Edwards. Yep. Yep. Carlton Davis made a good play on it. Um, I thought Carlton Davis played a good game, had some struggles early on, but he made a good play there. And Edwards was there who actually just came in for Antoine Winfield, who got a little bit banged up. He went off and Edwards came in and what a play to be in. Absolutely. Mike Edwards getting his second interception on the season. Great for him. But people can say what they want. I know what we said about Aaron Rodgers on the game preview show, and, and we're not taking anything away from him. But he was rattled after that second interception. Matt LaFleur and that Green Bay offense was rattled the rest of the game, whether it was from the pressure, whether it was from the great day that the secondary had, really shutting down any chance of a deep shot that they had. And even the run defense held up pretty damn well. You saw a couple of big runs. I think the biggest runs of the season on this Tampa Bay defense. But that yeah, defensive well, unit carried that's, that's, this That's game. to be expected. That's to be expected with Vita Vea out. I, I yeah. tweeted that. I said, you know, like, there's a few runs there. I'm like, if Vita Vea is in there, that run doesn't go for that. And it's just, that's going to happen now. Like, I still, still think they're a good run defense team, but they're not going to be number one anymore. No, absolutely. But at the end of the day, with the way that the defense played and, and the way that the offense was just simply able to put points on the board, Ronald Jones having the game that he did, after all of it, this is a game that I feel extremely proud of. Um, you know, I can hang my hat on this and say I can come to the conclusion that the Bucks are a better team than I thought they were heading into this week. Because, again, we've talked about it endlessly on this show. We have seen some awesome performances from Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so far this season. Five touchdowns for Tom against the Chargers. There have been some highs. They've been against some bad teams. You brought in Tom Brady to beat the good teams to beat the Aaron Rodgers, and he goes out there and he does that 38 to 10. Yes, with the help of the defense, but as a is just a team, I think this is the best three quarters of football that we have seen out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in many, many years. But let's get into the stat lines. So first and foremost, I talked about them, but before we do that, I don't know who bet the over on Tom Brady yards this past weekend, but Sorry uh, to let you know the defense carrying this game, you might have lost a little bit of money because I'll be honest yeah. with you, I thought he was going to throw more than 166 well, yards. Who 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 bet? You know who would have bet that Aaron Rodgers' first pat first uh, pick would be a pick six? Yeah, yeah. I, I know we made a little bit of a bold claim at the end of the show last week, yeah. saying that this Bucks defense would get the first takeaway of the season for Red. Green Bay, but where, where I, could, I did put money could on you... it. Is there a place you could go to place that type of bet? Yes, you can. I am very glad you asked, since you mentioned it. Our good friends over at betonline.ag. As you guys know, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not always be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And they've always got their online casino, which never closes. Make sure you head over to BetOnline.ag today and you take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses that they have got going on. That is BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. I'll tell you what, those sports picks, uh, those sportsbook experts definitely love a little bit of this next topic right here, and these are the stat lines we're going to get into. Tom Brady, number 12, your starting quarterback for the Bucks, 17 for 27 attempts, 166 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, it's not five touchdowns and nearly 400 yards, but we've talked about this here on the show before. If Tom Brady throws less than 200 yards, one or two <laughs> touchdowns, and the Buccaneers win by multiple possessions, I think that's, you know... Who cares? 
a much better <laughs> expectation than yeah. Tom Brady having to carry it and Willis back into it the game. That's a much more ideal situation, I think, for the Bucks as well. Yeah, it's just a testament to how well this defense played. You know, when you have a defense that can make plays, Tom Brady doesn't have to go out there and bust his ass. And let's show some credit while we're talking about Tom Brady having the day that he had. Let's show some credit to this offensive line because not only did they allow Ronald Jones to run for his third straight 100-yard game on the ground, Tom Brady didn't get sacked once. Dude, I don't know if he, like, he got hit a few times, but, like, he wasn't hit a whole the, lot. Like, the, I remember he got hit a few times. He got poked in the eye, but. Yeah, that, um, that was nasty. Yeah. His eye was all yeah, puffy. He, uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, that was just some bad luck there. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, and the Packers defense, like I said, they got some real talent. It's, yeah. you know, like I said, Zadarius Smith going up against Donovan Smith, uh, Donovan won that one. Um, he, you know, he was really good, and uh, you know, Kenny Clark came back for them this week, so he's obviously a fantastic football player. And you know, this Packers defense was having some success against their opponents, and just man, this at the, the run game, and you know, that's why, like, if the run game's going like that, you don't need Brady to throw for over three hundred yards, you know, and five touchdowns. When the run game is going like that, you don't need that. So it just it takes pressure off of everybody. Exactly. So big props to the offensive line. Those hogs definitely came to play Sunday afternoon. Let's talk about Ronald Jones as well. As I mentioned before, his third straight 100-yard game, 17 attempts, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. Ronald Jones is having a career season. Well, I mean, yeah. Be. I, I I think the trajectory for him this season was to be better for than last season. Like, just, I mean, his rookie year was so bad, so you knew that his second year was going to be better just by almost default. Uh, and then his third year, I, I, but you know, I think if if he can keep this hot streak going, I mean, I know Leonard Fournette wasn't playing. I I would expect Fournette to be back um, Sunday night versus in in Vegas. But man, I don't know how I don't know how much you want to disrupt this. You know, I mean, the carries were kind of even when Fournette was in there. I don't know how much you want to disrupt Jones right now uh, because he seems to be on a really good roll and. Uh, I mean, if he keeps it up, I think, you know, he's proving that he, he earns, he deserves that. And uh, a big key for me this season has been, uh, I mean, knock on wood, I got, I just knocked on wood here. Um, it always seemed like whenever Ronald Jones was starting to get going, maybe he'd have that one play that would end up being like a fumble or just like a dumb play. Uh, I remember the Arizona game, he was having a lot of success in the receiving game and they tossed it to him. He was gaining the first down. They just lost the football. I remember um, that. That was bad. Man. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not pretty. He hasn't had those types of plays this year. He he really hasn't. And it's something that if he can eliminate those completely, uh, I think he can be a solid back in this league. Uh, I don't know if he's – I still don't know if he's the guy that you can consistently give 25 times to every week like a Derrick Henry because, one, I don't think anybody's Derrick Henry, uh, and, and two – I just don't think that's his in his best interest. I don't. I, I think he's better when he can feed off of somebody else too. I don't think he's a guy that can be in all three downs. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just this is the best he's looked in a Buccaneers uniform, and and hopefully he can he can continue to uh, to to keep it up. And yeah, I mean, he's got some opportunities here. Uh, Vegas defense isn't great, and the Giants defense isn't the best either. So he's got two more games coming up here where potentially he could get. Uh, maybe extend that streak a little bit. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'll be looking forward to it. Best Ronald Jones has looked 
and a Buccaneer uniform. And and since it is the Bucks uniform that it is, they finally fixed it and they went back to what worked. <laughs> Three straight 100-yard games. He is strictly Ron Jones on this show now. No Ron more Jones. Rojo. No more Ronald nope. Jones. Ron Jones. Um, nope. Because we have seen Ron Jones sighting after Ron Jones sighting. You know, we talk about how he runs angry and he runs powerful. And that's just what I like to see. And, you know, the improvement that you talked about, I know the expectation this year was for him to be better. But... I don't know, you know, at least from me, with the addition of Leonard Fournette and even LaShawn McCoy and Keyshawn Vaughn, I don't think anybody expected him to go out there and have to carry it 100-plus yards three straight games, but he's done just that. I'm not saying that, you know, adding Leonard Fournette back into the mix isn't in his best interest. I would hate to see him run his ass off and get hurt because, you know, you look at the health of any running back. They're they're a pretty disposable position, whether people like it or not. Injuries yeah. happen there. So giving yeah. him relief so, with a guy like Leonard Fournette, who clearly just kind of needs to get his feet wet once again. He's yep. missed a few weeks, but I don't think it can be a bad thing, but I am definitely impressed with Ronald Jones, and I am a – I'm sorry, Ron Jones, and I'm a Ron very Jones. big fan yeah, of what yeah. he's bringing to the table. Yeah, I mean, you know, and obviously, like you said, the offensive line's been doing a great job. And uh, there's another player, uh, I think, by the name of Ron, Rob Gronkowski, who's been helping out with the offensive line. He's been a, a pretty good blocker, but uh, showed off something we haven't really seen this year yet, huh? Oh, man, speaking of Gronk, I got a stat line right here. Five receptions, 78 yards, one touchdown. So his best game in a Buccaneer uniform. But I'll tell you what, Gronk is back, dude. That was vintage that, Brady yes. and Gronk. Yes. On that that one that one seam route, did you hear? I'm not sure if you caught that when Troy Aikman like mid midway through the throw, he go oh yeah, like that was yeah. just, he, he was like amazed by that throw. That was they were on they were right on. in the right in the bread basket, man. The touchdown in the corner of the end zone was damn nice too. But that one seam route, I will say this: as much as I love Gronk, and I'm glad that he's here, I, I feel much better after that game about him having to step up a little bit with the absence of OJ Howard. I feel pretty damn good about what he showed us against Green Bay. But you had O.J. Howard running that seam route. That's a touchdown. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I, I yeah, think, I think, I think he would have shaked and baked toward the end right there. Got a little more, <laughs> got a little more get off speed. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't Rumbling and tumbling down the seam. Uh, he, he, did, he, he played a great game, and let's not take anything away from him. I'm very glad he had the game that he did because. Also, he, I don't know. If, did you notice that he kind of caught that touchdown one-handed? Uh, I haven't watched it back like he, as much he as I hate to say it. Like he definitely, he didn't initially catch it. Like he kind of like cradled it with one hand, sort of. Vintage Gronk, and I'm really glad that we got to see it in the white, red, and pewter. But the fact that it happened in Raymond James Stadium in a Buccaneer uniform is definitely a sight to behold. We've talked about the offense and some of the big stat leaders there. I want to talk about this defense because, as we mentioned before, they absolutely carry the game. And I'll tell you a guy who I was watching all night was number 54, number one in your heart, Levante David. Eight combined tackles, two tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, and two quarterback hits. While we mentioned Levante, let's talk about the stat line for the rest of this Bucks defense as well. Five sacks. Four of those were on Aaron Rodgers. One of them was on the backup. Two interceptions. Because, uh, by the way, one was on the backup because the Bucks were beating Green Bay so bad that they just decided to play a preseason game in the last five yep. minutes of the game. And and there was a forced fumble on that sack. Yes, there was. He was crawling after it, dude. That was hilarious <laughs> to me. Two interceptions on the day. One of them, the Jamel Dean pick six. 13 quarterback hits. Oh, my mm. Lord. 
six tackles for loss and six pass deflected. So Levante David leading the charge on an awesome day for this Buccaneer defense. But I mean, I can't stress it enough, dude. Just what a game for that unit. You know, when we went over the game preview, I said there was one man that had to play well, right? And his name, his name was Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. I'll tell you what. You know the reason they won this football game? Guy by the name of Todd Robert Bowles. Uh, did you have to Google his middle name or did you know it? it no, it's right here. It's on Google. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had to Google that. I definitely did not know that on the top of my head. Um, but, man, this dude has just transformed this defense it is unbelievable how everybody has seemed to bought into his team, his defense. There's no reason that this guy shouldn't be the next Bucks head coach if they can retain him after this year. Because guess what? We can talk about all this praise, right? You give him enough praise, guess who's going to come calling at the end of the year? Other everybody teams with head coaches. Coach. With head coaches. So what the Bucks are going to have to do, and I tweeted this out on my personal account, Little shout out, follow at Evan NFL. But um, he won't follow you back, by the way. Well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, follow me, DM me a funny joke. If I think it's funny, I'll follow you. If I don't think it's funny, you're not going to oh follow. God, they have uh, to please you. Yeah, well, it's, hey, you got to be <laughs> funny. All right. Just, just make a joke. Um, anyways, I, I basically tweeted that, like, I think. The Bucs are going to have to basically promise Todd Bowles that he's going to be the next head coach after Bruce Arians, which presumably I would believe is at the end of next year. Uh, I think like it would be this year, then next year for Arians, and that's it. Um, but they're going to have to probably give him a raise off of what he's making now, make yeah. him maybe maybe make his title like the assistant head coach and, and give him a raise and then promise him that he'll be the next head coach. Um you know, I mean, there's going to be teams knocking. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach. But, man, if three or four teams come calling you, it'll be tough to say no to. Um, so I, th I think the Bucks need to do everything they can. They, they, you know, there was rumors. Obviously, it was different. But after the 2016 season, y'all wanted Mike Smith back, right? We all thought we all thought it was a good thing to get him back. And what did the Glazers do? They gave him a raise, right? Like, they, they, they kept him. I expect the Glazers to do exactly the same thing with Todd Bowles. Uh, I honestly do. Uh, I think it's it's the same situation. They need to do. I think it's critical for this team's success next season and beyond to keep this guy in the organization. I think it is absolutely critical because there's no defensive coordinator that they can find right now that is going to be better than what this guy is doing. And I think this guy deserves a real head, a real shot at being a head coach again that's not in New York with the lowly Jets. So uh, I, I think the, uh, they the, need the they need to do everything they can to keep him. The currently, what, 0-6 Jets? 0-7? 0-6? 0-6. 0-6. 0-6. They fired Todd Bowles for Adam Gates. I understand Todd Bowles, like, like his record wasn't good, but man, like it wasn't like he was working with a lot down there. And here's the thing. I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the future, but I do agree with you. I think Todd Bowles, his role in the Buccaneers organization thus far has probably been the biggest felt because he has transformed this defense. I mean, not only did he come in and change the scheme, 
But the way that these guys are rallying around each other and the way that they're playing worth a damn now, it just speaks for itself. Todd Bowles doesn't have to say very much. He has done an awesome job in making this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, as it stands right now, one of the best in the NFL. No discussion. will not hear otherwise. But I, I, I do want to ask you one thing about Todd Bowles. You know, if he simply doesn't want to be a head coach, how hard would it be for the Bucks to just have to bring him back as a coordinator? Do you think he'd have more interest in staying here? I, I guess it obviously depends on the money shaping up. But the only reason I ask is because, you know, somebody put out a report today that Todd Bowles this morning was at one buck at 4.30 a.m. watching film with his players. Can go. he really do that as a head coach? Well. Mm, no, I mean, so you can do that. Like Gruden got there at five o'clock every morning, right. um, but like you, you might not be able to sit down with like a specific with a specific group of players and do it. Uh, yeah. That might be the biggest difference. It's it's different, you know. Being a coordinator, you're focusing on one side of the ball. Being a head coach, you have to focus on all of them, and um, it's definitely different. Uh, maybe he's more comfortable with that. I mean, if he is, that'd be great for the Bucks. I mean, you're, you see a lot of these teams with these defensive coordinators that have been there for years, and they're good defensive coordinators because they, they, they don't leave to become head coaches. Everybody has been after the offensive coaches, right? And it's been good for those teams with defensive coordinators who they don't want to lose. And there's going to be some openings this year, obviously like there's, there's going to be an opening. Obviously he's not going back to New York, um, but there's going to be an opening in Atlanta. Uh, could be an opening in Minnesota, uh, Jacksonville. So, I mean, there's going to be Detroit maybe. So th there's going to be some teams that are maybe eyeing him up and who knows that that's something we won't know whether he actually wants to be a head coach or not. Like we'll never really know that. Um, I mean, if, if he doesn't, I'm sure the bucks would be pleased, but I don't think it would be hard to keep him. Uh, you know, versus like if if you say you're just gonna be a defensive coordinator, you're gonna stay with the Bucks. You you'll probably get a raise. I, yeah. I think he'll get a raise either way. But um, yeah, I, I think. I mean, I didn't see that report personally, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. He seems sort of like a crazy mad scientist film junkie guy. So <laughs> the, the the crazy mad scientist part definitely sounds fitting when it comes to the style of the Bucks defense that we have seen. But, you know, let's talk about the stuff that we do know. Enough about the stuff that we don't know yet. All the, you know, yet-to-be-seen type of things. That's way the down stuff. the line. Let's talk about <laughs> the stuff that we do know and something else that we can say about this defense from their performance on Sunday. The adjustments. You know, an underwhelming first quarter. I, I really thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to... Uh, to just discount double check down the entire game because it seemed like they had kind of found that, you know, abusive spot in the defense that most teams do just dumping it out over to the flat, dumping it to a curl route. And they were able to kind of get the ball moving. You saw green Bay put 10 points up on the board within a matter of a couple minutes. And um, you know, the Bucks offense wasn't going anywhere. So for the defense to, you know, firstly recognize that Jamel Dean pick six. Let's talk about it. Glad that they recognize that because that's the same damn route that is always a pick six whenever the Bucks throw it. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was delighted to see it happen to another team finally. But their ability to recognize that Jamel Dean realizing making a great play on the football, taking it to the house at a key moment in the football game. 
The great play by Carlton Davis, which led to a Mike Edwards interception. Obviously, you know, it wasn't, it was a great play from Carlton Davis, but I don't think they expected that interception, but it helped. And it was at a key moment in the game when the Bucks needed to take control and they went out there and just did that. But the difference that we've seen from Chicago to this week when it comes to the adjustments, something that we spent a lot of time bitching about here on the show. I'm glad to see what I did in this defense. You know, as we've said a bunch of times so far, they're just, they're playing at another level. They are playing at a level that, I mean, like you look back on that five game win streak in 2016 and they were playing with about like the same like success basically, but it doesn't seem like they were playing with the same energy that this one is like this one, just this defense flies, man. Like this defense is built on speed and killer instincts and they got all the tools to be a successful defense. Um, they they really do. It's you know, Jamel Dean almost had a pick last week too, because he recognized that the Bears were just running kind of like them flat curls. Yeah. And he almost jumped it. <clears throat> I believe he he just mistimed it by like a second or so. Uh ended up being an incompletion. But yeah, this time there was no mistake. And uh like you said, the start, uh it seemed like it was gonna be a long day because it didn't seem like the Bucks were prepared for what the Packers were gonna do at all. And it kind of did seem that way based on the, the press conferences. I think Jamel Dean or Devin White said, you know, they were kind of throwing stuff at us that we didn't really expect. Um, so maybe like them crossers and stuff, like they really weren't expecting that from Green Bay uh early on. So um there was definitely an adjustment made there. They were playing some soft, like soft man. Like they were playing man, but they were playing like soft man. Like it wasn't like bump at the line and then run. It was sort of like stay back, but stay on your man. And it was kind of weird. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, credit to them. The, the first drive, the Packers went down and they had to force settle for a field goal. So that's a win right there. Uh, and then, you know, obviously they got the touchdown. But yeah, it's, it, it was. Um, it, it it was a day. It, it was a, a complete day for this defense. And, I mean, Devin White and Levante David were just outstanding. Um, Devin White got his first sack of the year. <clears throat> Levante David had a sack. I thought that um, Jason Pierre-Paul was on another level as well. I, I know that David Bakhtiari did get injured. Yeah, especially about, once think, they threw that backup left tackle in there. He was just using it. He was and done. Abusing. He was toast. Yeah, he was... Um, we'd like to see a little bit more from Shaq Barrett. Um, I know that uh, Green Bay's offensive line is good, but it seemed like a lot of people were, were get, starting to get pressure and hits on Rodgers when the game really opened up. And that's where you'd like to see Barrett, uh, you know, go out, get after it. But yeah, I mean, just, just a, a great job by this defense and hopefully it's something they can build on. You know, it's not, they're not going to go out and dominate every game like this one. It's that's not going to happen. If you're if you're expecting that, you know, on Sunday night, you're going to be disappointed because you're just not going to smash every single opponent you have. You're you're that's not going to happen is the NFL. Um, so hopefully they can build on it and have another strong performance uh, in Las Vegas and, and come out with a win, because, you know, I, I think that. It, it was a big key for the defense because they showed that they can do it against the bad teams. You know, they relatively shut down the Panthers. They shut down the Broncos. Uh, Chargers had some success, and the Bears really were eh. Uh, but, I mean, this Packers offense, everybody was talking about it, right? And, and just how good it was. And 
just, I mean, I don't even know if the Packers got past the 50 yard line after they went up 10, nothing like that, that, that's how good it was. And, uh, yeah, just like I said, I, that, there's not really a whole lot to say just because it's simple. I mean, they just dominated this football game on the defensive side of the ball and the offense was super efficient, no turnovers. Um, you know, they got, uh, first downs on third downs. Um, yeah, there's really just there's not a whole lot to complain about. There's not a whole lot to even say. It was just a complete domination by 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 this defense. And um, I want to give a quick before I forget, I do want to give a quick shout out to Ryan Suckup because he put the hook on that baby. Oh man! And uh, that, was that baby was a that baby was like a I don't even know. It's a fifty yarder, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was fifty yarder. But baby, that was whoo man. <laughs> Uh, I thought I was like, oh, that's nowhere close. And I was like, oh, it's in. Um, yeah, I I'm getting pretty close to stop, you know, to to start uh, not putting make your kicks on the checklist because he keeps doing that. It'll be all right. So uh, yeah, just uh, I'm really hoping that this is sort of the the spark, right? This is sort of the the thing. Um, not having Vita Vea is gonna hurt him. It, it just is, uh, but they they got some reinforcements, which we'll talk about in a few minutes here. Um, yeah, just uh, a fantastic day, uh, really. Antoine Winfield almost got a pick too. Just want to throw it out there. Yes, he did. Um, yeah. And my rambling, uh, and it would have been, I think, the first time in NFL history because Antoine Winfield senior picked off Aaron Rodgers as well. So it would have been the first time in NFL history that father and son picked off the same quarterback if he would have caught the ball. But whatever. Oh um, man. Yeah, it would have been nuts, but oh well. Uh, but yeah, Bucks Bucks defense is easily uh, top five, top three unit in the league, and you know some could argue that's the best. Yes, sir. That's the boldest claim I've ever heard you make on the show in support of the Bucks, and I guess that it just is a testament to the great mood that you're in. So a 38 to 10 victory for the Bucks, as we've been talking about. They are four and two, and as of this week, they are still first place in the NFC South. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the run defense before we break things down and wrap up. This run defense. They got some reinforcements, as you had mentioned. The Buccaneers agreed to a trade that would send nose tackle Steve McClendon to Tampa Bay. They got him from New York, the lowly Jets. <laughs> the Buccaneers gave up their sixth-round pick in 2022 to New York, and they got the Jets' seventh-round pick in 2023. So Steve McClendon, you know, a, a veteran name... And I would say one of the better veterans along that horrible Jets defensive line. But I think Steve McClendon is a bigger name than, you know, anybody else I thought they would have signed at this point. And it happened, what, like 15 minutes after the game? Jason must have been sending texts in the fourth quarter once that game was done. Yeah, it it happened like a half hour or so after the game. Um, (laughs) Something, although Greg Allman did point out, it did seem like, um, he knew he was being traded before the game because, like, he said on his Instagram story, like one last time or whatever before the game or something oh. like that. Um, so it seemed like they knew pretty much, but um, yeah, it's. I think Steve McClendon right now is probably better than Snacks Harrison, like at this point, um, in their careers. So he was a team captain. I think a lot of people are going to say, "Well, if he's you know a solid player, why did the Jets just give him away?" Look, this is at the end of the day. Yeah, it's a business, but you also have respect for like you have respect for people. Steve McClendon is thirty four years old, 
and he's on an 0-6 Jets team that's getting blown <laughs> out every time. He was their team captain. They say everybody raves about his leadership in the locker room and such a high-character guy he is. And I just think they had just that much respect for him that they were like, hey, like, we'll, we'll basically get nothing in return to send you to a playoff contender. Like, we'll, we'll do you that solid. They're just – they're doing him a solid there. And uh, he's not going to come and stay. He's not going to come in and be Vita Vea or, you know, be better than Vita Vea. Don't expect it. But I think what they – I think they like Nacho in a specific role. And I think that role it doesn't include him playing over 50% of the snaps. So I checked out uh, this season. McClendon has played just under 50% of the snaps pretty much every game uh, this season. So I'd expect something similar to that. I'd expect it almost to be 50-50 with McClendon and, and Nacho. Um, when McClendon's able to to get going here. Uh, also, another thing, it may not take him as long to pick up the scheme as long as his COVID tests come back negative because yeah, he did play for Todd Bowles uh, for a, about two or three seasons. So he is familiar with the Todd Bowles defense. And yeah, I think it's a it's a great trade. It's a proactive move. Uh, I think it's it's something that you know they recognize that like hey, we we, we look at the free agents there. We don't think there's going to be anybody better. Let's go out and just grab this guy. I love it. I, I think I don't, you know, like obviously the, the player is is solid, but I just love the I don't love the this was the actual like trade. I, I like the the idea that we have a hole. Let's go out and fill it with a cheaper option that we basically got for nothing. Yeah, that, that that's what I like about it. Yeah, I definitely like the move. I think he hit the nail on the head, and I'm glad that the Jets respect a guy like McClendon enough to do him that favor. He is absolutely a bona fide veteran in the NFL, and he has been a bright spot on that Jets defensive line for quite some time. So happy to have him in Tampa, and good news to hear about the Todd Bowles familiarity there as well. You brought him up a little bit. Wanted to ask you a little bit more. What do you think of Nacho's performance on Sunday afternoon? I thought he was more than serviceable right there. He got his nose in a couple of plays, and... um. You know, like you said, I, I think the coaching staff also liked what they saw. Yeah, I, I think they did. Um, I, I liked what, what Nacho was able to do. Uh, I just think, like I said, I think they like him in that role where he's coming on every now and then and not staying on permanently. I think they like him as that rotational piece. They yes. don't like him as that starter piece. And I, I, I understand that. I understand why. Um, so I think they wanted to make sure that they got two good rotational pieces in McClendon and Nacho now. So uh, I thought he was solid. I thought, you know, he did his job. Obviously, there's a difference. Like I said, you can, like I said earlier, you can tell the difference between Vita Vea and Nacho being there because there were some lanes that I, just, I thought to myself, I was like, yeah, they, they ran right up the middle and that wouldn't be. But um, yeah, I, I thought Nacho was, was very serviceable, like you said. And uh, I, I thought he did a, a pretty solid job. Hell yeah. So let's talk about this team as a whole. You know, it, it honestly, it, it feels like when we don't have as much to complain about, these shows fly by. Normally we do about an hour show, or about 38 minutes, and we've talked over everything on my prep sheet. But I want to ask you one last question. Obviously, we'll get into a little bit more on our game preview show this week. That'll be dropping Thursday. But where does this team go from here? You know, as you said, they're not going to steamroll everybody, but the way that they played against Green Bay, it's hard to not write them off for, you know, I think the I think the Vegas game could be interesting. 
But the Giants, no excuse we should lose to the Giants at this point. You and I both know that, so does everybody listening. But what I'm trying to ask is this team as a whole, where do they go from here? Just maintaining perfection as long as they can? Yeah, I mean, so basically, yeah, I mean, what you said basically about these two games coming up, uh, I agree with. Vegas is, I think, an average team, but it's also like it's a road game. Uh, Vegas has upset Kansas City and New Orleans, so they're not really to be overlooked. If you lose to them, that's fine. Like Teams lose to to teams that are not as good as them, and I don't believe the Raiders are, are as good as the Buccaneers, but that next game versus the Giants, that's got to be a win. Um, that, that's got to be a win that's not even close. Uh, that, that, can't, that can't be close. Um, yeah, that's so that's just the the future for that. For I mean, yeah, you're always going to strive for perfection, right? I mean, you're you're always going to just try to do your best, but like I said, you're not going to steamroll everybody. And I think it's going to be a week to week thing. I think you're not going to be able to run, you know, every time. You're not going to be able to run the ball like you did. The offensive line isn't going to hold up like it did. It, yeah, I guarantee you there'll never be another game this season where you commit zero turnovers, zero penalties and zero sacks in the same game. That'll never happen, um, considering it didn't happen, in, you know, since 1999. So um, it, you're not going to play as flawlessly, um, but that's okay. What you need to do is you need to take care of business against the teams that you should. And honestly, there's four winnable games right in a row here. You know, Vegas, the Giants, the Saints game. It's going to be tough. Like, I, I still think the Saints, the, the roster's good. Uh, they're getting a little healthier now. Michael Thomas is is going to be back, and um, yeah, I mean the, the the roster's good still, I think, and it'll be a tough game. But I mean, I don't see a reason. Like, like I think that game's pretty even. Like, I don't I don't see a reason the Bucks can't win that game. And then Carolina, who's looked decent, but I, again, I don't see a reason the Bucks can't win that game. So you got four games coming up here. You could be you know eight and two. That's huge. Um, I mean, you know, I do. Do I expect you to win all four? No, probably not. But um, I mean, I think you got to get at least maybe three. I think out of these next three games, you got to get two. Uh, it's just it, it's all about just taking it one step at a time. Enjoy this game, but focus on Vegas now. Don't you know? Whatever. Like, don't be sitting there on Wednesday and Thursday talking about how you how you whooped Green Bay because guess what's going to happen on Sunday night then you're going to get whooped because Vegas had a bye week they were you know you know they were sitting there watching the Bucks like they were sitting there watching them and they they've been game planning and Gruden has a great staff there and they got some talented players so um, it it's it's going to be it's not going to be an easy challenge um, but I think uh, I th- they, they should be up to it. Um, they, they, they should be up to it. And like, just like I said, um, last week I was like, you know, playoff teams, they make the playoffs because they beat the teams that are good teams. They, they, they'll occasionally beat a team. That's a good team. And the Bucks just did that with the Packers. I, you know, the Bucks, I predicted the Bucks to be three and three when at, at this point in the season, but I predicted them to beat the bears and lose to the Packers. Now they lost to the bears and beat the Packers. Cool. <laughs> right like i mean you know awesome just you gotta take advantage of it now and like i said there's four winnable games coming up here before you have the rams and the chiefs two tough games so just take it one step at a time one game at a time and just start stacking them you know just start stacking them yeah we've talked a lot about the expectations of the bucks this season but 
when push comes to shove, if you're a championship team, you go on a run right here. This is where you stack them up. This is where you put together games in the middle of the season. And you know what? If you lose to a Kansas City or an L.A. later on down the line, it hurts a little bit less because of the run that you potentially go on over these next few weeks. But if you're a championship team, you go out right now and you and you get another run going. But the yep. Buccaneers... Four and two after six well, weeks of NFL football, first place yeah. in the NFC South. And uh, I just can't wait for Sunday to be here, man. Sunday night football. If they want to win the NFC South, you know, win two out of three of these next three. And the one of your two has to be against New Orleans. Like if, if you want to win the NFC South, that's what you got to do. Um, preferably, honestly, if you're thinking about it. If you have to win two out of three, you'd prefer to lose the. If you had to, you'd prefer to lose the Vegas. Oh, dude, I can't beat. lose to New York again. Oh, no, I'm God. just saying. You, no, you'd prefer to lose to Vegas because <laughs> New York is an NFC team, so that matters more. Oh yeah, that's fair. In uh, like tiebreakers and stuff, so you'd prefer to beat the NFC team and lose the AFC team. But obviously, the goal is to win all three. So, uh, but yeah, they, there is a prime opportunity here to take control of the NFC South with these next three games and four games because you got a division opponent right after New Orleans. So, three straight primetime games um, coming up: Sunday night, Monday night, and then another Sunday night. So, uh, going to be a lot of late nights for uh, for Bucks fans. And as you guys know, we're going to be here with you every step of the way, giving you the game previews and talking to you about it the Monday after the game. With all of that being said, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening on any of our podcast outlets or checking us out with video over on YouTube. If you haven't already, make sure you click that subscribe button and hit the bell icon so you get notified every time we upload a show and every single time that we decide to live stream and maybe take some phone calls every now and again. Also, make sure you check out the Believe Podcast Network. We are the official Buccaneers pod, but they have got a great selection of football and just sports in general podcasts. I mean, if you're looking for other sports, they've got you covered there. If you're looking for... You know, just another team's perspective. They've got you there. They've got NFL Hall of Famers hosting shows. They've got, um, you know, they've got famous coaches from Last Chance U hosting shows. Uh, I mean, they have really got a star-studded lineup, and we are just still really excited to be a part of this podcast network. So make sure you go check them out. Believe, pronounced believe, but spelled B-L-E-A-V. And also a shout-out to our sponsors at betonline.ag. I'll tell you what, guys, if you're going to take any bets this weekend, take the over on um, on Vegas and the Bucks. I think I don't know what oh, the yeah? line is right now, but I'm mm-hmm. taking the over in that game. Well, I mean, I don't know what was the over under on the Green Bay game, but I mean, I would have. That's might be the most shocking thing from this weekend for me, honestly, that the Bucks let, you know, kept the Packers to 10 points. Like, yeah, absolutely. that is just crazy. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this defense can do next week. We know the Vegas, you know, they've got a little bit of firepower on their offense. They can yeah. definitely put some points on the board. Vegas's defense, I think you can exploit that a little bit in the passing game, though. So I, I don't think – I think their secondary is average or so. So, I mean, the Bucks having, you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, you know, another week, Rob Gronkowski heating up, maybe, you know, Brady finds some real success there. So 
Absolutely. For first first trip to Vegas. Let's let's make it one and zero in Vegas. Yes, sir. In that brand new Roomba Stadium that they have got. But make sure, guys, that you follow the show on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow Bucks underscore daily on Instagram. That is Mr. Evans Instagram, the number one Buccaneer fan page, over 25,000 followers. All they got to do is give them the verified check mark at this point. You can also Wait, follow him on Twitter where, I mean, you know, maybe if he starts following some people back, he'll get a check mark. But you can find yeah. him over there at Evan NFL. And then you can find myself on social media at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S, Instagram and Twitter. And if you follow me, I'll follow you back, unlike the Philly sports fan. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. Does it hurt? Okay, Seamus. <laughs> He's going to bust that one out every single time, like you said, like you said. Yes. All right. Yes, I am. Oh, man. We need to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you Thursday for the game preview show against the Raiders and former Buccaneers head coach John Gruden. Maybe we'll have a special guest. I don't know. We'll figure it out when the time comes. But thank you so much for listening to our show. I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off from my co-host, Mr. Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys Thursday. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.